You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. Um, so I want to talk to you about your story today. And we all, I mean, we like stories. I know some of you might think, well, I don't really like to read books, but you probably like to go to movies. You like to hear someone tell a story, right? We all like stories. And for the most part of us, we've kind of outgrown like the simple little fairy tales or, you know, some of y'all might still just be like in, you know, the cartoons or something. I'm not sure. But, but for most of us, we like books that have, what, things like tragedy or, or hardships and, and joys and they overcome things. And, and I think the reason we like that is because that's our story, right? Our life. Our life is not some simple fairy tale. In fact, our life is a biography. And I would dare to say that your life is a biography. It's not an autobiography because you're not writing it. God's writing it, right? Um, your life is a biography and God is the author. Actually, in Psalms 139, I think I have that up there, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. And all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. See, he's already written your story. He's, he's writing your story, and as you're living it, he, he's got that story laid out for you. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today because I think so many times we forget that our story is not over. I want to talk to you a little bit about a story. So, so we're going to talk about a story. I feel like we got to talk a little bit about w- what's in a story. So a story usually has five parts. And the first part of that is the exposition. That's just kind of the beginning of the story. You get to meet all the characters, right? we got to know who's in this story. Well, I think for us, the exposition is right there. It was Psalms 139. Our story began in, our, in the womb. Our story was already being written before we ever were here. Because that's because God already had it figured out. He already knew what he had for you before then. And then you have the rising action. You have the part where, where characters face conflict. Because let's just be honest, that's what happens in life. And then you have the climax. It's, it's the exciting part where we begin to see what's going to happen, right? We just see that, that something great is coming. And then you have the falling action, which might kind of seem like the end or whatever. But it's, it's the part where people react to what's going on. It's the part where, where the characters begin to, to do whatever leads to the end, right? And then you have the resolution, which is the end of the story. And I just want to talk to you a little bit about that, that middle part, okay? I, I, I know all of us have been born already, so, so we're going to move on. We're going to move to that middle part. And I want to tell you, I told you I want to tell you my story. And, and the reason I wanted to talk today is because I have a story. I have a story that I've had for a long time, and I've had a few opportunities to share it, but I really felt like today that maybe someone needed to hear my story. My story begins, my exposition is, is probably like many little girls. I was the little girl that loved dolls. In fact, I loved porcelain dolls, and I loved them so much, they were everywhere. My brother wouldn't sleep in my room. He said there were too many eyes looking at him because I just, it was covered. And I had this one special doll. I got her for Christmas from my grandparents, and um, she was a big porcelain doll. She sat in a rocking chair. What I loved about her was that she was beautiful, but I could hold her, you know. She wasn't like all the other porcelain dolls. I could hold her. I could carry her. I could love on her. I could treat her kind of like my kid. And in fact, that's what I used to do. I used to carry her around. I named her. I loved her. She was this beautiful brown-haired, brown eyes. You know, I have brown hair, brown eyes, so I tend to, like, think that's be- I, She was beautiful, and I loved her, and I thought she was awesome, and I would think about one day when I was be a mom. 
But you know, one day when I was about 13 years old, I had some friends over at my house and someone knocked over the rocking chair. I know that probably y'all didn't have still love dolls at 13. I did. Um, they knocked over the rocking chair and she broke it. And I think that was probably kind of about that time that I began to grow up and began to think about other things. That, and I had a lot of great opportunities. I was really good at school. Um, I did a lot of, I mean, that was just something that was easy for me. I loved school. I liked the organization of school. I don't know if y'all know this or not, but life's just not organized, but school was. And I, it worked great for me. You know, I didn't have to do anything. I just go and do what they said, and they tell me exactly how I'm doing. They tell me if, there's, if I'm getting an A or an F, and you know what? No one grades me anymore, and I need that. I need the, the A. And so I love school, and I love the opportunities that it brought. My parents were in ministry, and they were great about giving me and my brother great opportunities. And I got to do things, I got to do like leadership things that, that other teenagers get, didn't get to do. And, and my parents worked state work and they, um, I got to be part of like camps and putting on youth camps and, and helping with registration sites, the organizing, because I love organizing, of like big events, big statewide events or multi-state events like Winterfest and things like that. And it was a really exciting time. And I had all these plans and all these things that I wanted for my life. And so I went to college because that's what we all do, right? I went to college and I went on scholarship, everything was great, it was wonderful. I met a guy and I was really crazy about him and I'm still really crazy about him. We dated for about six months and got engaged. And what do you do when you are engaged? You make plans. That's what I began to do. And, and all my plans were about how that, we had a great plan, okay? For t I was gonna finish school, like that made sense. I was going on scholarship. And then for two years I would work and he would finish school. And then I would go back to school and get my master's degree and then our life would just be set. And it was a great plan, and some of you probably followed a plan like that, and some of you, you're hoping your kids follow a plan like that. But I have to tell you, my plan was not my story. Because about two years into my marriage, um, totally unplanned, not what we were trying to do at all. Surprise, you're pregnant. Um, I told my husband actually five minutes before he had to get on stage and play, and it was like probably the worst thing I've ever done in my entire life because that was just really mean. Can you imagine being a young um, God married and your wife just tells you right before you stamp a bunch of people hey surprise something we're not expecting out of the blue but even though he was nervous very nervous and even though I was nervous we, we were excited I mean you know like this is a baby this is a child we began to get so excited in fact I think that once my parents found out my dad called every person we had ever known in our entire lives whether we had talked to them in years um, and if you know my dad you know that's exactly what he did and there was so much excitement and, and so even though my story changed, there was, there was excitement. But remember, I said that we had to come to the conflict, right? And one morning, I woke up, and I had some issues, and I had to go to the doctor. My husband was out of town, and when I got there, they told me that no longer was there a living child inside of me. And that's the way I see it, because there was a child inside of me, my child. And no longer was that child inside of me. And he was there, but he was no longer living on this earth. And it was something that I did not expect. It was a loss greater than I could have expected at that age and in that point in my life. In fact, it was a loss that brought so much more loss because I don't, I don't know, but we had all these plans, right? And now for the first time, me and my husband were looking at each other. And the first time in our marriage, we wanted two different things. We wanted, it put us on two different pages. I began to look around and see all the things that I wanted and how much this loss had changed my life. Well, I would tell you, some of you today, I think in your story, you've had loss. And maybe, maybe you're like me. Maybe your loss was a miscarriage because I want to talk to people about that day. This is something we don't talk about. 20% of pregnancies end in miscarriage. That's a decent 
ridiculously high percentage. And in fact, when that happened, um, I remember doctors telling me things like that. I'm just going to tell you that that doesn't help in the moment, okay? That because all I heard was statistics. But you know what they were telling me? They were telling me something really important. They were telling me that I wasn't alone. And you're not alone today. And I want you to know that because whether it was a miscarriage, whether it's, it's infertility, whether it's your, your prayer and your hope for things in your marriage, whether whatever has you've lost today. Because see, some of you, it's not a child like that. Maybe it was a child of a different age. Maybe, maybe it's your marriage that was lost. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's your health because you got a diagnosis or someone else close to you, their health, because they got a diagnosis that seems like such a loss. Maybe um, it's a career or a job or something that, that maybe you don't think other people understand, but it was a big deal to your family, the loss of that job and that career. And you know what, in those times we do, we feel alone, but we're not alone. And our story is not over. At those times, I think it feels like everything's coming in on us, but you know what, your story's not over. In fact, in Jeremiah 29, 11, our big scripture, God tells us about our story, right? He says, I know about the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. See, in those moments, we don't see the hope and future. Actually, in those moments, that's when you need to know you're not alone. You need people. You have people here today. I want to tell you that anything you're going through like that, we have people in this church that have suffered miscarriage, that have fought for years to have a child, who have had the diagnosis that seemed like the end of everything, that have had their marriages or their relationships or things fall apart, and they've seen what God has done with that. I want you to know that day because if that's where you are, you not only are not alone right there in your seat, but you have people that have gone exactly what have gone through exactly what you're going through. And you have a God who is right there with you. I told you that when I had the miscarriage that my husband was not there. And I was supposed to be all alone. But the night before, surprise, my dad ended up coming into town and staying with me. And I don't know if y'all know, but sometimes a girl needs her dad. And I have a pretty awesome one. And God could have known more of what I was going to need that day than my dad. My earthly dad. But as I sat the night before and I talked to my dad, I remember I told him, I asked him this week, did he remember this? And he didn't remember that this is um, the night I said this, but I remember I sat down that night and I told my dad the name of this child. I said, I thought this is a boy and this is what we're going to name him. And that may not seem like a big deal to you, but it's a big deal to me because I have a child named Micah in heaven. And one day I'm going to see But I believe that God wanted me to know that name Micah because if you don't know what Micah means, it means who is like our God. And I just mean like, hey, who's like our God? It means, hey, who is like our God? It doesn't matter where you're at today. It doesn't matter the thing that you're facing today because the God you serve, the God that regardless if you serve him today, the God that created you, that loves you, he is the greatest. There's no one like him. And if there's no one like this God, then you know what? He's already declared a promise that he has a future for you. He has something awesome for you, no matter where you're at. And God does, he has, a, he has a promise. And guess what? The promise is the climax of our story. You might think, well, that's, that's not much of a climax. It is because it's the point where we begin to see the outcome. Right? It's the point where we begin to see that I had a climax of my story. I was driving down the road about five months after all this miscarriage happened. I, I was distraught for five months. I just felt like I was confused. I didn't understand. I had, I, I'd argued with God. I'd prayed with God. And I got to a place of surrender. You know what? That's the best time for promises to come. I got to a place of surrender. I began to pray, God, 
if this isn't what you have for me, then just take the desire away. I, I became to a place that, the Lord, whatever you have for me, I want that desire. God, take this desire away if this is not what you have for me. And I prayed. I was crying. I was on my way home. And I went in, and I knew that I needed to go to my Bible. I, and then look, I'm someone that really believes that, you know, you need a devotion. You need something you're following and reading. Don't just open your Bible every day and just whatever. But this was one of those moments where I knew that God was leading me to something specific. And I went to my Bible, I opened it up, and I went straight to the Scripture, Psalm 20 and 4. And it simply says, may he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. See, I was praying, God, if this is not it, then take the desire away. But God spoke a promise. He said that day to me, I'm going to give you the desire of your heart. Because when you get surrendered, when you get to a place in your story where you, whatever God has for you is, is what you'll take, then you know what? He begins to build a desire inside of you, and he says, I'm going to give you that desire. And, and that's, that's the place that some of you are today in your story. Maybe, maybe you're, you're past some of the loss, and maybe you're holding on to a promise, but maybe that's been a tough place for you. I've talked to some of you that I know you believe that God's given you a promise in your life, something that he's going to do, but it's been a hard place because you can't see it. Sometimes that's how the promise is. Sometimes, you know, the next day I didn't wake up. Guess what? Everything was the same the next day I woke up. My husband was the same. I was the same. There was still the hurt. There was still loss. I didn't have a baby the next day, but I had a promise. And I had a hope. And, and, and it was my climax because I could see what God was doing. And today, if you're still in that loss, I want to encourage you, find that promise. If you need one, take mine. May he give you the desire of your heart. Whatever your heart is desiring today, may he give it to you. Because he promised that. And, and that was my climax. That was my moment that I realized. But, but nothing changed in that moment. I didn't wake up the next day with the baby, but I believed. You know what the climax is? It's the most exciting part of your story. It doesn't feel like it a lot. But it's the exciting part of your story. It's the part where, where God's telling you he's going to do something. And you know what? Sometimes the longer we sit in that moment, the more surrendered we become, the more amazing is the next part of our story. The following September, one year later, I welcomed a little brown-eyed, brown-haired girl into this world named Brooklyn Renee Stevenson. And I want to tell you something I didn't tell you before. Is You remember that doll I carried around? I used to carry that doll around, Brooklyn Renee that was what I named that little girl, that doll I used to carry around because my middle name is Brooke and my mom's middle name is Renee. And I wanted to have a little brown-haired brown girl named Brooke Renee. And you may think, oh, okay, well, you named her the name you thought. But God does awesome things. In fact, um, I got married. No one knows anything about who you're going to marry when you're a kid, right? My mother-in-law's middle name that she goes by is Renee. And that may seem like not a big deal, but I got to name my daughter after me, and my mom and my mother-in-law, because God knew when I was a little kid, he'd already written my story. He, it, it wasn't me that wrote it. He had already written the story, and he'd already put the desires in my heart, and he already had plans that were not to harm me, but to give me a future. And that's what he did. And so I got to welcome this beautiful baby girl into the world. It was my blessing, right? It, it was... It was um, it was the blessing that I've been waiting for. It was, my, it was my falling action. That's what the next part of the story is called. It's called your falling action. And, and that kind of sounds like, oh, that's just kind of the story's over, right? But you know what? We're, it's not a fairy tale, remember? We didn't live happily ever after. I have to tell you, we did not have Brooklyn and live happily ever after. That was 10 years ago, and I'm thankful that I didn't live happily ever after. You know what? Because 
God also brought a Colin Jason to my life who, believe me, is every bit of um, crazy and wild and everything that I could have ever not imagined. But I'm so thankful is a part of my story. And a year and a half ago, not quite a year and a half ago, he brought an Adeline Rose to my life. And she's the sassy thing that I I'd also didn't know. And, but I love her. She's the cuddliest, sassiest. I don't even know if I'm ready for what she's going to bring. But I'm so thankful for that part of my story. But I'm thankful that the falling action, the biggest part of it, it's our part. Because what a falling action is, it's the part where the characters react to what's going on. So today, maybe you're in laws, or maybe you're waiting for the promise, but maybe today you're sitting there and you're like, hey, you know what, things are great. I've had my blessings. I, my children are great. My, everything's great. Well, guess what? It's time then for you to react. Because there's someone today that's going through what you went through. There's someone today who is going to face some things, and it's time for you to react. This is your part. I, I want to tell you another story. I, don't, I hope I'm not being long today. I think I'm being short, actually. Um, I want to tell you a story really quick. It's another story, because I don't want it to just be my story. This is a great story, and guess what? Most of you probably know this story. I want to tell you the story about, I want to tell you about disciples today, okay? I want to tell you about their story. Their story followed this same line. Just think about it. When Jesus died, what kind of loss was that? Even when he was raised back to the dead, I know that was the exciting part for us, but you got to think, that was their friend. That was who they walked every day with, and he was gone. And the thoughts, if you, in the Bible, the disciples, what they thought Jesus was going to do, the things that they had in their head were not how it went. They had loss of their friend. They had loss of what they thought their story was going to look like, right? Because we all think we know what our story's going to look like, right? And then they had a promise. They had a promise that when Jesus left, I want to read it real quick, actually. It says, on one occasion, this is Acts 1, 4, five and then eight one on one occasion while he was eating with them he gave them this command do not leave jerusalem but wait for my the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about for john baptized with water but in a few days you will be baptized with the holy spirit and then he went on and he said but you'll receive power when the holy spirit comes on you you'll be my witnesses in jerusalem and judea in samaria and to the ends of the earth see he they had a story like us they had lost and they had a promise and they had a blessing of the Holy Spirit. But if you think about their story, think about the disciples before they had the Holy Spirit. They, they had doubt all the time. They were fumbling things all the time. But when they received the blessing of the Holy Spirit, you know what? Their story didn't end. That's when they began to write the best parts of their story. That's when they began to react and they began to take their story they had lived that story, right? The gospel of what Jesus was and what he did. And they began to take that story out and to share that story with others. And that's your place today. That's what, what God has for you, is that your story would be something that you go and share with others. And that you begin to react to the blessing. I said today that I wanted to tell a story. I wanted to talk to you for everybody. I just wanted to tell it from my mother's heart because that's my story. I'm a mom. I was a mom before I ever had children because I was a mom the moment I became pregnant with Micah. And if you're here today, I believe that for you too. But I want to talk to moms for just a second. Because moms, you've been, if you have a child, you've been given that blessing. You know what, you're at that part in your life. And I'm not saying that other things, other losses or other things haven't come on. But you've been given the blessing. 
and now it's time to decide what's your reaction going to be. What will you do with that blessing? What part are you going to play in their story? Andy Stanley, um, he's a pastor, an administrative pastor of a large church, and he has this saying, it's my favorite thing, I mean, he does all these things and leads churches and all this stuff and everything, but he has one saying that by far is my favorite. He says, the greatest thing you may ever do for God is the child you raise. Wow, as mom, the greatest thing you may ever do is that child that you wake up every day and want to pull your hair out over, right? Because they drive us crazy. Um, they do, but we love them. And you know what? It is up to us. It's up to us. Not only what part we play in our story, but it's up to us what part we play in our children's story. It's up to us um, what we do. And so you have to choose today what part you're going to play. Ephesians 6, 12 and 13 says this. It says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. See, I wanted to talk today to moms because I wanted, I feel like sometimes we have a story in that our story's tough. Being a mom's tough. Even if getting there, even if your story was not miscarriage or infertility, maybe your story was a quick, you know, hey, I, I, here's my child. Being a mom is tough, and there's definitely moments of loss, and there's definitely moments of promise. But the most important thing I think that we can do today is decide what part will we play. Will we play the part where we're fighting against each other, where we're fighting against things like, let's be honest, like on Facebook, okay? Do we want to keep fighting with each other? Do we want to keep fighting against the things that we can't control? I can't control what comes on my TV. I mean, I can, but I can't control what pops up, or, or I can't control what my kids see when they're at school or here. I can't control so many things. But the great part of that, moms, is you don't fight against any of that. That's, that's this world, and that is not what I'm fighting. That says right there, I'm fighting in a spiritual realm. I'm fighting with prayer. I, I talked about my dad. I talked about my husband. Maybe not enough because he's awesome, but... I want to tell you about my mom just really quick. Because growing up, my dad, he was the pastor. He was a spiritual whatever. My mom, she was the one that, like, you know, went to Walmart and got us Pop-Tarts. All right, and she was, that's who she was, you know. She just took care of us. That's what I saw. But one day as I got a little bit older, I was probably a young teen. One day I was going through some old books and old stuff, and I found a journal, and I don't know if my mom even knows this. And I opened it up, and I began to see my mom's handwriting, and it was just prayer after prayer and scripture and promise and 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 I know you know that lady today that that's this some of you if you know my mom you know this prayer warrior promise but I didn't see that you know your kids may not see everything in you that you're doing I promise my kids don't see a lot of times they tell me all the flaws I have your kids may not see that today but one day they're going to know that they had a mom who was a warrior. They had a mom who said, I'm going to fight your battle. I'm going to get in your story, and the part I'm going to play is I'm going to be your warrior. And that's what you are today, mom. That's your part of the story. Your falling action should be that we act with the power of prayer and the Holy Spirit that God has that you would pray and you would fight those things for your kids. But in order to do that, you have to decide what your priority is. And and then you have to decide that your priority in their story 
is going to be eternity. My mom's always said that she's not done until I'm in heaven with her. You know what? Your story is not over. Wherever you're at in your story, your story is not over until eternity. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.